You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. Hello and welcome to the JCN Clinic podcast show. I'm Jessica. And I'm Carissa. And today we are talking about when healthy eating goes too far. It's a very <laughs> controversial title. I'm kind of loving it. <laughs> I was going to say, it feels, feels like it needs like a drum roll, like one of those, all those like horror theme things at the start. When healthy eating goes too far. <laughs> drum roll. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little bit catchy, isn't it? It's a bit of one of those ones you see pop up in your feed or on a podcast. You're like, ooh, what does that mean? Um, So this, I brought this up with Carissa this week because, number one, it's something that we deal with a lot in the clinic and we'll be talking a lot about that. Um, Number two, though, uh, there was something in the news this week that Damien actually filled me in on because to be honest guys I am so hopeless at keeping up to date with the news there's only so much in brain and I know Chris is the same like when you're working I, with um... clients and this <laughs> this kind of space it's like all your attention goes into thinking about nutrition and the science and then it's like there could have been a war breakout in another country and you just find out through a secondary person yeah, I am actually, it's apart from social media, I don't have any normal TV. Like I haven't done for about six years now. So for anything that's like news related or mainstream, I don't have a lot of idea what happens sometimes. That's why when you said to me, oh, Damien saw it on the news, I'm like, well, that makes sense. Well, I've got no idea about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I used to be really good. I go in and out of it. Um Maybe, you know what? It's a recommendation for the end of the show. I'm going to nip that. There's a really good. Okay, (laughs) I'll hold on to that. But yeah, so it was a couple of mornings or so ago. He just said to me, Oh, did you hear about the vegan who died? And I'm like, "Uh, Excuse me, what? So yeah, there was. um, And when I had a quick look before at her pictures, I was like, Oh, I remember seeing her on socials. Um, she was a raw vegan food influencer um, who died of, um, well, starvation slash malnutrition. Plenty, plenty of warnings over the years from doctors about where she was at and the dangers. But, um, yeah, she actually died this, this well, it was in the news this week. So um, I'm gathering she died in the past week. I didn't actually look at the date of when, but I, we were talking about it um, and it just made me think about this topic. I mean, that is the ultimate extreme, uh, but Carissa and I see a lot of the in-between. We, of course, the less extreme, that is the most extreme outcome, but it definitely warrants a bit of a revisit because we have we have talked about this in other podcasts and I think we did one quite a while ago on a similar vein, but we definitely want to chat a little bit more about some of the reasons we see behind this. Um, And we also want to touch on something we talked about with Steve. I can't get used to calling him Steve-O, sorry, 
Steve O from ATP um, in regard to fear mongering. So that kind of flows nicely into this. It's going to be a little bit meaty. I'm kind of looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it is going to be. Yeah, well, we'll just see because as usual, we've planned fuck all. We've just picked a topic (laughs) and we're going to dive in. So maybe meaty or we may just be shallow bitches and skim over the surface. But let's see where it takes us. (laughs) (laughs) So Friday takes us. (laughs) What do we mean first and foremost by when healthy eating goes too far? So... What we are going to discuss is the layers that are involved in this, but essentially, I guess I just wanted to start with breaking that down first. So what we're essentially saying is that, of course, there is a general um, idea and recommendation and a space that we work heavily with, with the average person learning to eat a lovely, healthy, whole food, macronutrient balanced diet. Tick, tick, tick. Love it. That's that's where we love people to be. But what we see um, is that there can and there is a tendency for some people, some type of, um, you know, potentially certain types of personalities more than others um, to take the concept of eating healthy. And I want to say healthy in quotation marks um, because that um term healthy can mean something very different from one person to the next and pushing it to the extremes so that can look different in yeah in many ways depending on what that person deems healthy and i think that's definitely an aspect that we want to get into but I don't know. Well, like, how do you see it Rissy, as far as like if someone asked if someone said to you what do you mean when healthy eating goes too far? Like how can you eat, you know, healthy eating's good for you. How can yeah. you possibly do that in a bad way? Oh, so I, yeah, it's just, it's just the, the extreme end of it, isn't it? It's when mm. you, I guess what's, yeah, I suppose we probably should have had a def, some sort of definition for this. I guess when it's, it's when you can't regulate the normality that comes with the ups and downs of just choosing a healthier lifestyle. So when you're, you know, obsessing um, over every little thing that goes into your mouth, when you're fanatical, fanatical um, about your control issues around what you consume and how you choose to live your lifestyle to the point that it causes you so much stress. If you step outside of your control norm or your, your, your box of control, that that is so stressful for you as an individual that that's actually a health concern itself. Um, I guess that's probably the easiest way to sum it up. It definitely comes, mm. I feel like, with a, a subset or a certain, sorry, as you mentioned, like a certain type of personality, yeah? Like not everyone, mm. you know, most people I think, I feel like in, like I'll say I'll use my client demographic, I feel like most of my client demographic, and I do think you, your vibe attracts your tribe, like our 80 is like, you know, mm-hmm. where, you know, we, we do as good as we can 80% of the time and our good, you know, definitely has differentiations apart from what, like depending on what we prioritize and everyone, you know, and 80% of the time we're doing the best things we can, but we allow that 20% of the time for X, Y, and Z, whether it be like, you know, you 
have a couple of drinks or you may skip a couple of days of exercise or you if you're not used to eating dairy and but you go away and you have a couple of cheese platters like we have that 20 percent, and we're totally cool with it it's just part of life and the ebbs and flows and it doesn't cause us any stress and then you kind of get the people that kind of step up into the next notch where they're I'm going to say like maybe the 95 to 5 percenters um, and that 5 percent of not doing the right thing in fucking huge air quotes <laughs> um, mm-hmm. stresses it stresses them out but they're kind of at peace with it and then I think you have the 110 percenters that just go all in everything has to be organic this no vegetable oils no preservatives no nothing um, and it's just to the point of such extremism that it causes them so much stress it actually I genuinely believe ends up popping them quite in a reclusive bubble socially. Um, it, I honestly believe is a term or a form, and I know you'll agree with this and I genuinely think it is, it's just it's a type of eating disorder in itself. Um, but it's also p- comes with like quite a strong like, um, you know, social disorder and everything. Like it really just mm. consumes their every being and everything they do and it's just that tiny little thought or that tiny little thing that they may have done or accidentally come across is so catastrophic to their belief system about their health values that it wrecks their life (laughs) just that kind of sum it up (laughs) pretty bloody perfectly (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely um I think what you also started to talk about there which is great just to move on from is the impact so I love how you just kind of were talking about that 80 20 and the sort of larger percentage of people that will naturally live their lives there but this sort of subset of like anywhere from sort of five, maybe, yeah, 5% of 10% of people that we see clinically who fall into this more um, extreme pattern. And I guess what I was thinking when you started to touch on some of those percentages is like, why is it detrimental? Because I mean, you know, the first thing, again, someone might think is like, well, what's wrong if I want to do 110% all the time? Like, isn't that good for me? Um, but what you just mentioned there is this the, the mental health component and the the extreme amount of stress that this can cause. And this is, this is something we see all the time with clients who have the propensity to, to push to this level is that it creates so much stress because it it's actually it's very unrealistic to live your life like that unless you live in a bubble so anytime you leave your own home you have anything social events travel um it is it it isn't almost impossible to control all of the outside influences so the stress that this causes people is exponential and the irony is that that amount of stress then impacts their health. So a lot of the people that we see that come to the JCN clinic are are coming because of health concerns and because we work so extensively with chronic gut issues, there can commonly be a gut component. So they're caught in this vicious cycle where they're super controlling with their food, which is creating stress And then that stress is impacting their gut through that kind of classic gut brain axis. And it's just like this kind of constant 
uh, negative feedback loop. So the the downside of that is not only um, this like dealing with that amount of stress and how like much that can impact their mental health and just well-being and enjoyment of life, but also it can actually be a major catalyst for their health issues. Mm. Um, and that that cycle is something, again, you know, we do see, I think, a bit more of a skewed section of the, the public, but for the people who listen to this podcast, I think it's probably more pertinent because they're more interested in health mm. and taking care of themselves. They're more likely to potentially have this um, attribute. So it's something that we are trying to help our clients and people understand. And it's very, very hard mm. to help a person break this pattern because yeah. they have, it, it's such an ingrained personality type. And as you said too, Rissy, like it's a, it, it, it is a disorder in its own right. Like we've mm. talked about orthorexia before, like a big component of this falls into orthorexia. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm sure you feel the same about like trying to help clients break this pattern and how hard that is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And just you said something too before that made me think of like I, it extends it extends beyond the like the uh, per- perfection obsession with food and eating all the right things. Like I feel like there's over, you know, um, it goes into other parts as well. Like you know that obsession with every little symptom in their body can be something catastrophic or constantly trying to find that next thing that's wrong with themselves um, because there's just so much information out there or that kind of I have to have 10 out of 10 energy every day and if I don't there's Mm. something wrong with me or I have to feel happy every day and if I don't there's something wrong with me and you know so quite often you know it it 100% can be in the food space and the you know gut space and all of that but then there's also yeah I see it in so many other parts of the personality as well where someone you know definitely has their food at 100 or 110 percent but they're also obsessed with um and too extreme too extremely with every little symptom and every little thing that they feel mm. from day to day and o- overthinking that and that need for I have to have 100 10 out of 10 energy be so happy be exercising be eating or otherwise there's something really wrong and it's mm. just trying to, it's such a hard mindset to shift or help people shift as practitioners. And I definitely think, you know, a lot of the time, this is where we talk about and definitely have those conversations with our clients about you need more people on your team to work mm. with this. Like we need to bring a psychologist or a counselor or whatever aligns with you in, you know, the mental health space to help you work through this. Um, mm. Because, you know, that's a, a lot of this more extremist set of personality is outside of our scope you know we can definitely Mm. you know put our vibes into it and our our feelers into it as well and like work with the food and the gut component explain to people what is expected and normal versus what actually is something to be concerned about but yeah it's um it's it's tricky and I think it's I don't know we're going to go into this but so much of it is fed and influenced by the influx of information that people are exposed to on a day-to-day basis that you know just perpetuates it I think even for a lot of people who are who sit in the 80-20 camp like the majority of our clients and people that we chat with on social media like they're not they're even subject to it like you know Mm. to a degree when there's a big you know um, influx of like we can just use the the um the collagen topic that we chatted over with Stevo, because <laughs> yeah. I think I didn't talk much in that podcast because my internet wasn't great. But 
when that when that collagen space unpacked and there was a lot of you know influential people on social media saying that collagen was a waste of time and if you're consuming it you're wasting your money and maybe doing detrimental mm. things to your health that created so much fear and i had even rational clients like clients mm. that i would say are on par with you know how you and i live our lives emailing or emailing and messaging me freaking out right mm. and i'm just like hang on just chill people so you can sort of see how even for the 80-20ers, <laughs> the 80-20ers, I love this, we've got credit, like it's so easy to become a 95-5er. And then, you yeah. know, if you stay inside that little bubble and go down too many rabbit holes, the 95-5ers become the 110%ers quite easily because there's just so much information, whether or not it's relevant or true, being, you know, perpetuated in people's faces and it just, you know, feeds the cycle. So, yeah. Yeah, so true. I love the 80 20 is versus 95 5 is. And then the one one tenors. I think I'll make a little Instagram tile up for that. (laughs) Which one are you? Which one are you? Exactly. And I think it's hard too because I agree with what you said. Like, what's wrong if you want to be a hundred percenter? Like, if you can be a hundred and ten percenter and you can do it in a way that it doesn't cause you stress. I don't actually know how that's possible because you're going to be exposed to some vegetable and some hummus mm. at, a, at, a, at a party. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, but if you can, you know, or some mold in a coffee grind that you've ordered when you've had it out, like, you know, but this is what the, this is what the, the stress yeah. is for a lot of, you know, our 110% is like, I can't have a coffee when I'm out because there might be a little bit of mold in the coffee bean and that, you know, and for people that are super sensitive to mold, full respect, I understand that is something you have to think about, but I'm just saying in the context of what we're mm. talking about, like these, this is how extreme it is for some people. Like they just don't do anything outside their bubble. But if you're someone who can do 100%, 100% organic food, 100% clean eating, move your mm. body, clean air, and that doesn't stress you out, fine. But exactly. I just think, yeah. you know, there are, I do have a couple of clients. I do genuinely think they are close to the 100%ers. They do mm. it all well, but they've got a really good, you know, um, like mindset around things they're pretty chill they just live this really fucking organic awesome life Mm. but they do it without it being to the detriment of their health Mm. Um, and that's amazing but I just think for the rest of us that are you know don't have that um, option or availability like to eat organic all the time and live in a pristine part of a wilderness with clean air and minimal exposure to petrol petrochemical fuels and <laughs> fumes and all of that like that are in the city like you know then you know we've got to be realistic about what we can yeah. control well what you highlight there too is the luxury that can come with even trying to achieve that lifestyle like there's a probably a, yeah on, on one handful we could count people that are close to that but a lot of the time that comes with a privilege as far as um, I would say money, mm. like the amount of um, like cash flow or financial stability that people have access to if they want to live that type of lifestyle. Like, you know, the it, it's not even, it's a whole, it's a whole different topic in itself, but yeah. you and I have uh, asked frequently about some of these things like when you talk about organic and just like you know do I need to eat organic or do I need to be doing this like how important these things like a lot of these are privileged choices to make in the first place so I just find yeah that aspect interesting as far as like the pressure people can put on themselves if they don't have the financial flexibility to 
achieve those things, but they are more of someone that is putting this pressure on themselves. Like you can see how that would even feed more and more into the stress element. Um, but I just wanted to touch on too, before we move into some of these underlying drivers um, in regard to like, I, I love what you said about, again, the 80, 20s and the people feeling that pressure there from a fear mongering point of view is the, we talked about the mental component, but the physical knock-on effects. Um, and this is more in regard to like what we're deeming as healthy from person to person or, the, or what that person that's in that sort of more controlling space considers healthy. So if we've got person A whose health, ultimate health expression is raw vegan or vegan versus another who's is strict paleo versus someone who is more carnivore. We can already see that there is um, a very strong diversity of variety of different foods. And with that can come the potential for nutrient deficiencies and that sort of physicality um, of health impact. So I think that's the other aspect and that's kind of what sort of triggered this for me when I saw this kind of, again, extreme circumstance as far as this woman literally dying from her sort of extreme stubbornness around like, no, this is my expression of health. Um, when you get really obsessive about this, um, you can kind of get blindsided by what you're not getting and what your body needs to thrive and be healthy because you're so stuck in a rut about, no, this is, this is health. This is where I should be. So that is, you know, when we talk about why healthy eating can go too far, I think that's another aspect, whether it's like your absolute lack of um, fundamental, crucial nutrients for well-being from a vegan raw vegan point of view versus obviously the other extremes um can you do you know if we were talking about just more of a whole food intake or the way um, we talk about it jcn and in, in eating in that capacity and being obsessive about that it's definitely going to be harder like I don't think you're going to fall into a category of creating these like epic nutrient deficiencies and dangers from that aspect I think more of the knock-on effects are going to will be more of like a um, physical well more of a mental impact but they will become physical because of the impact of stress on the body which we've mentioned in plenty of podcasts in like I think pretty much any health component that we talk about we always have a section set aside for stress <laughs> and where that's involved so that's just an obvious one well I think of obvious but maybe not that I wanted to point out as far as the the whys also this can be dangerous um however yeah to get into as you mentioned um some of these more current drivers that we're seeing um around this kind of concept we call it fear-mongering so yeah that that term in case people again are like oh, what do you mean it's essentially um creating whether it's an influencer or something in the media um usually you'll see it more in social media where there is um something that's being said about in this this kind of space of health and nutrition that is dangerous for your health like if you're doing 
X, you're going to end up with Y. So you need to stop. Um, so it's, it's whatever that topic is, it is coming at it from a space of fear. Um, and, um, usually there's no nuances around it when it's presented, like there's no, it depends, or if there's this happening, or if this Mm. is individualized for you, this might be different. It's very much a like, no, X equals Y. Yeah. Uh, And holy shit we're seeing so much of this which um (laughs) yeah we touched on in our last podcast but it does our head in it really does so you you mentioned um and I've got a few things definitely that I wanted to discuss but you mentioned in particular you were seeing you had this recently I think in regard to oxalates with a client or no I've I've actually had oxalates quite a few times. Um, I've watched, there's a couple of um, influencers that I follow who have been getting up, just probably coming from the same place you and I are trying to debunk the oxalate um, story. I actually was having a meeting with someone the other day about some business stuff and she um, pulled up the Unoxalate book um, and I haven't read the book so I have, I have no context around it. I can't even remember who wrote it but it was I think it was about removing oxalates and I was quick, mm-hmm. really quick to just kind of, you know, we weren't having a meeting about that but I'm going to be doing some work with this person um, and I just said, look, I'm going to be quite open about the fact that I'm very much in favour of oxalates as long as they're, you know, okay for someone to eat. Um, but anyway, but that wasn't the first, that was just the last time I'd heard it. I've had oxalates probably coming up over the last probably three months for just from different clients and different, you know, watching different practitioner spaces and, um, you know, should we all be removing them? And I'm just like, for fuck's sake, now it's oxalates. Like it was um, phytates and lignans before that. It was fucking carbohydrates before that. It's just mm-hmm. like, when are we going to start learning like that, in nutrition is individual what someone needs is individual we have some fucking fantastic testing like if you want to know what your microbiome or your body can and can't handle work with a practitioner who doesn't have a biased opinion towards certain Mm. food groups and then work out what you need individually do some fucking genetic testing do some bloods do a microbiome test do an organic acid test do whatever you want to Mm. fucking do to work out what you need to eat but stop demon i just i get so frustrated i know you do just with these blanket statements about the complete removal of total food groups based on something and I think oxalates are probably copying a bit of limelight at the moment so oxalates for anyone who's not familiar with them are just a chemical compound in food is it a chemical compound am I saying that right Mm -hmm. um yeah um and they definitely can be associated with um joint pain and um kidney kidney stones for sure but there's so much that goes into understanding the metabolism and and what oxalates actually do and how they interact at a microbiome level and interact more at a systemic level. Um, but to, to go on a strict low oxalate diet, you remove a lot of, again, healthy whole foods to do this. And if you don't need to do it, then you don't do it. It's that mm. fucking simple. Like, but yeah. you have these people coming on going, you can't eat spinach, you can't eat cherries, you can't have cacao, you can't have nuts, you can't have fucking zucchini, you can't have fucking silver meat. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, and it's just like, what the fuck? Like, 
<laughs> you know, it just blows my mind and I'm just like I get it I understand I put clients on a low oxalate yeah. diet but I do it when it's fucking needed and when it's warranted yeah. and when the test results and them as an individual requires it mm-hmm. if we're you know and it's just so oxalates are, are a big one so I think that's one that I'm seeing a lot of I got an interest I'm going to read this one out because this was sent to me by a client of mine who's definitely an 80-20 an 80-20-er um mm-hmm from let me just get into this hopefully it doesn't fuck my internet up where is it and this is this is I'm just one and this is one I really want to talk about because this is actually not a bad post but in the in the eyes of someone who doesn't know how to pull it apart and I'm not saying she doesn't know how to pull it apart she genuinely asked me in the eyes of someone who doesn't know how to pull it apart properly and probably take it with the intent that it's meant and I don't think I'm hoping this wasn't meant in such a bad way it's just again you're completely taking apart you know a, a big dietary component for a lot of people so this one was called know your fruits so the intent of the um hang on is this the right one hang on yeah okay i'll just read it out All fruit contains active enzymes and fruit acids that react quickly with other food groups like dairy products, vegetables, grains, and meat, creating undigested metabolic waste. Apples contain malic acid and the secondary acids include tartaric and fumaric acid. Apricots contain malic, goes on, cherries and grapes, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I won't read everything out. Peaches, pears, grapefruits, mangoes, raspberries, strawberries, watermelons, vinegars, and tomatoes. So the list goes on. They tell you what acids they contain. Now, on the other end, remember, all dairy products, including milk, yogurt, buttermilk, cheese, contain lactic acid. Here are are the combos that do not agree with your digestive system and will trigger gut issues and health and skin disorders. Fruits and milk, fruits and yogurt, dairy and tamarind, dairy and vinegar, fruits and vinegar, dairy and yogurt plus tomato, melons and any other fruits. Curd is a yogurt loaded with gut-friendly bacteria but is considered the heaviest food in Ayurvedic medicine. Anyway, it goes on. But basically, where's she? Where's the part that I wanted to read out? Goes on to say basically, do not eat like fruits and dairy in combination ever because it goes on to cause IBS, SIBO, like all of this kind of stuff. And I'm like, so I read this post and I was like, I get it. I understand where they're trying to come from. But you're basically just saying to your massive audience mm. that if you can, if you consume dairy and fruit or fruit, in you know, all of the stuff that you're going to end up with SIBO or anyway, SIBO, um, IBS, um, and it goes on to talk about fermentation. I feel like she's actually changed the post a little bit from when I read it originally. So I wonder if a few people have actually commented on it. Um, well, originally- and even the language that she's using, um, which is the, the problem with a lot of these types of posts is the will, you will. Like there's no, that's what we're talking about just before. Like there's no nuances, there's no individuality. It's like if you do, if you eat these combinations of foods, you Mm. will have gut issues. This is what will happen. And that's that's the fear part we're talking about, guys. That's that like seed that will plant if you if you have a question and you you're that 80 20 person even trying to do that like chris's client like trying to do the right things and then you see something like that and you're like this will happen hang on i do that this is telling me this will happen that is classic fear mongering and it is so you you also need to think about like 
the reason people are doing these posts is because it does get attention. It gets a lot of conversation going like it, it attracts a lot of attention for them that it's a marketing tool. So you've really got to remember that that is the primary reason in the majority of these cases that's being done. Um, It's not with, it's not with like a, um, a kind heart that's about looking after you as an individual, which yeah. unfortunately, and, um, if that was the case, it'd be not that type of post. It, it has changed. A, it has changed a little bit since I originally read it, I think, but I've just found the part that I was, it leads to bacterial overgrowth in your gut and can aggravate symptoms of SIBO, H. pylori, candida, IBS, diarrhea, and can even cause a weak sluggish digestion and metabolism due to mucus being produced by this toxic byproduct. It can also trigger colds, cold, cough, and sinus. So anyway, it, go, it goes on. It's an epic process. Continue in the comments. So I'm just, yeah, exactly. I'm Yeah, sorry, I was re- trying to scroll through because I'll find what you're saying, what the other part that she said. But yeah, you're 100% right. It's the language that's used around it. But it's mm-hmm. also like, again, same as the oxalate picture. Yes, do if Jess and I are working with a SIBO client, do we pull them off um, dairy or at least lactose? Do we pull them off certain fruits? hundred fucking percent if it's warranted. Absolutely. Do we pull them off all fruits? No. Do we pull them off mm. the fruits that, you know, have a high, higher reactivity from a, you know, prebiotic fiber point of view? Absolutely. Do we have, you know, are we talking about food combining? Yes, we are. What's our ultimate goal though? To get the majority of whole foods back into someone's fucking diet. Mm. <laughs> so- exactly. Exactly. And that's the frustration also, like depending on where someone's at with their health, like if they've got a good like whole food balanced intake, suddenly they're questioning whether these foods that they're eating are right for them because they're being told that they're going to cause some sort of disease or inflammation and that is where they start to omit things. So, 100%. Um, you know, and I see it with the oxalate thing. I feel like I might have, whether I've mentioned this on here before or you and I just talking because we, where we live is a heavy um, sort of hippie community. There's like online Facebook groups and so forth, but people um, talk about the different uh, local weeds and so forth that grow around here and what's in season and what you can grow. So, and I'm not on that, but Damien's on it, but he's always telling me about how someone will post about say some amaranth that's growing or um, some dandelion or whatever that's like being discussed and there's always someone at some point that jumps on to the forum as just like you can't eat that it's poisonous it's filled with oxalates oh. <laughs> which I just always find <laughs> hilarious like it's a lot of these things they have they'll, they'll, they'll get like um, sort of rotational timelines like oxalates have been around yeah forever um obviously you know since i'll first discover but like they'll they'll kind of go through a process of being uh attacked and then it'll settle down Mm -hmm. and move on to the next so we've talked before about like how there was times when it was soy or it was it was other things so like oxalates are having that again um and for yes again for certain uh, types of individuals, there would be reasons, as Carissa said. Um, but even for us, with the bias selection of the community that we see and treat, 
the people who we need to focus in on oxalates for are still a lesser percentage just to even give more context to like how yeah, yeah. like small that percentage of people are that need to be consumed and that sorry need to be concerned and it's not it's not a point like these posts um are making out that it's a poison it's not a poison it's something natural in your food it's just whether you have issues with the degradation of the oxalates or um as chris is talking about from microbiome level what might be going on so yeah there's this association like that fear again that these are poisonous for you and it's it's simply not the case um not the case one of mine i think i'm no you go Oh, I was, I was literally just going to say it's, and it's the same with, you know, your fruits. Like if we were to remove mm. all of the fruits that are listed, that's basically all of your fructose fruits and tomatoes and everything. If you were to remove all of those and then, you know, you miss out on a massive amount of beautiful fiber, you miss out on some beautiful enzymes, mm. vitamins and minerals and antioxidants by removing all of those fruits. But then you also, you know, if you remove dairy and you don't need to, like, for example, the, the old client of mine, I haven't seen her for years, but that messaged me about this. Her favorite, one of her favorite mid-morning snacks or breakfast is Greek yogurt. So this post goes on to say that Greek yogurt is a massive marketing corporate, you know, whatever. Um, but one of her favorite breakfasts is this beautiful, you know, fruit medley and Greek yogurt. So she was, she's mm. like, I'm, I'm, oh, good, so I can keep eating that. I'm like, of course you fucking can. Like, yeah, it's right. You any digestive issues? Um, yeah. And that's. And but if yeah, she didn't have you to reach out to, what would happen? This is, again, why we get so frustrated and we want to talk about this is that there's a high chance that she would read that and go, that is bad for me. It's doing me harm. I'm going to stop eating that. And where does that start and finish? Like she takes that out and then what's the next thing she sees? Like that might sound like far-fetched, but believe me, guys, it's not. This is what we see. People just start cutting things out and trying to do the right thing because they think it's healthy, but it's this extreme end. Yeah, Um, exactly right. Or they don't, they don't have issues to start with and then they start removing mm. things and changing things purely because they think they're making healthy decisions for themselves and they end up with gut issues or digestive issues or mental health issues because of fear mongering on social media and it's just I feel like yeah. sometimes like I'm not saying we always get it right like I think back to some of our podcasts where I was thinking we should go back and do a um shit shit that's changed podcast like to some of the things that you know we've, we've talked about or we didn't give enough credit to but now get you know just little things so we're not saying we always get it right either but we definitely try not to instill fear into you guys listening or people our clients that come and see us we you know it's Anyway, you guys know what I'm trying to say. It's well, we just... approach things with individuality and that 100%. nuances we're talking about. So things yeah. things change over time, but things you know, there's never like a kind of iron fist of like this is the way things have to be done. And yeah, there's always and it it depends, which is the most I you know the it for me it's the most important thing that um, a practitioner or a health person should probably answer a question with if they're if you're asking something yeah. it should be well it depends because it should depend on you, on as, an you individual. as an individual jinx <laughs> i am um... hi guys just a quick note to let you know we are now offering ten dollars off my cookbook eat for jcn podcast listeners only so there is a new discount code you can use jcn podcast all one word in capital letters head to the website 
The link is in the show notes and you just use that coupon code at checkout and that will give you $10 off. Really excited to bring you this. It's a way for us to say thank you for listening to the podcast. And again, that is JCN podcast, all one word, head to the website, link in the show notes. Even I love um, when we talked with with Steve-O in our last podcast, we talked about, I won't go into it in detail again, because he we, you know, just covered it quite nicely, but we're talking about um, protein consumption and, and mTOR. And he, he was just like, you know, if you decided that you wanted to avoid mTOR, you would die. Like, just like the, <laughs> just the like craziness of some of the fear mongering that happens. And, and again, just not understanding, like, the, again, I keep using the word, the nuances of like, what something understanding what something is and what it does and how it works for you um I just I was just like yeah it's just such a it's so crazy when you break it down but I was bringing up two which I had I found while we're talking um last podcast a post that I had a client send to me um and I discussed this briefly again I would say she's an 80 20 client eats really well um but she had actually made a change based on this post. Um, If you listen to the last podcast, you'll know what I mean, but basically she was making her own almond milk and she had stopped making it. Like, my God, she's making her own almond milk. Like how many people make their own almond milk? You, Jess, you. you. Besides (laughs) me, besides me. (laughs) So so this post says, and I'm not going to mention the practitioner's handle because – like I won't go there, but easy, easy health, um, health hack, bin almond milk, almonds naturally contain delicate fats called PUFAs, polyunsaturated fatty acids. True. They do. Um, almond milk requires heat treatment. These fats go rancid off under high heat. They damage our cells. Studies link them to cancer. That is the front page of the post. So basically this That's is where again this information's being twisted. If you continue to scroll through, oh, she's got it as a carousel. Me. She t- talks more about how polyunsaturated fats turn toxic. They damage, they produce free radicals, which can damage cells and DNA, causing mutations. Um, she talks, there's a little bit about seed oils, which is I'm not even gonna, that's different to what she's already said so I'm going to ignore the seed oil part but what she does do is she takes a picture of the um the the heading of a um, article like a research article this is what we're talking about with Stevo, mm. which is about how polyunsaturated fats are susceptible to lipid perioxidation so guys that means that they're susceptible to oxidative stress and All we know that bodies. oxidative stress can play a role in inflammation and potentially we have, well, not potentially, we see a link with increased oxidative stress and cancer and inflammatory disorders and insulin resistance. Like there's this big list here. But what she has done is she has taken that potential cause and she has applied it to a whole natural food like almonds and said, if you consume almonds and you heat them, 
Uh, I'm, I'm going to even say even if you consume them because I've seen other posts where she even talks about it being an issue even just to eat them. But even if you make your almond milk and you heat your almond milk, those fats will, will language, will go off. They will be rancid. They will damage your cells and you will die of cancer. Are you fucking for real? <laughs> that's that's the language he's using here. And I'm like, I'm just being so upfront about the language of this post. Oh, and wow, what pisses me off is that she's taken a study, which <laughs> no, I'm fine. Oh, she's taken a study and she has manipulated it to suit her fear mongering and this post has lots of comments on it interestingly because my client follows me her because she's commented I can see her comments on it with a sad face saying how sad it is and that she needs to give away her her morning coffee now and like um author comment back Oh, I haven't looked. I should look. Probably yeah, not. Let's see if she's actually commented back because I'd be interested to see, like, people coming, oh, I'm going to give up my morning armor. Well, give her something to fucking replace it with then. <laughs> it's just, you know, it it just is such, for me, a prime, yes, absolute prime example. example of this problem where things mm. are skewed and we're taking someone who's trying to be healthy. Um, no, she hasn't commented back at all. No. Um, who's trying to do, or is, I'm not saying even trying, she's doing a beautiful job of looking after herself and she wants to continue to do that. She's always got questions for me about Jess, could I do this, could I do that? But she sees this and it freaks her out because she's afraid that she's doing something that's That's going to cause cause her cancer. But this is... This is this whole, like, fucking manipulation of research, but then also correlation does not equal causation like steve said yeah. that on that like and that yeah. is such a big thing that everyone needs to understand that if you like and we'll just use the example of this fucking ridiculous post because <laughs> <But, laughs> it is fucking ridiculous um but <laughs> so she wants to come work at jcn <laughs> do you want a job with us <laughs> you fucking lunatic um you know but like this is a perfect example of i'm like it's you don't need a stupid fucking research article like manipulated for anyone who understands the how what happens in the oxidization you know um process of heating fats all fats oxidize Mm -hmm. when they're heated at certain temperatures the temperatures vary depending on the fats um, you know, I'm pretty sure all fats do, but it's just like, but it's, you can't then sit there and go, okay, cool. If you heat any fat, then we might as well not fucking cook with olive oil. Do you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. we all know oil, uh, olive oil is stable up to a certain degree. Same with coconut oil. And then, you know, it's just, but it is, it's just that whole, yeah, there's just so many things wrong with that pose and several other things like that are going on at the moment. And it's just like... Is she um, the person who has posted that just out of curiosity? Credentials. Because this is the other thing that, you know, this is, does. yeah. I'm glad you just asked that because I was going to mention that. She mm-hmm. does. And that's the problem because that's the problem. those yeah. credentials, then people are like, well, it must be true. So, yeah, she's got a Bachelor of Science in Nutrition. Um, so she's frustrating. If you, look, if you look at her bio, she's um, like, let's get healthy the proper way. And then, it's a picture of an emoji of a steak and a bone. So she's like she fully, 
Yeah, she's fully paid, like, you know, I think strict paleo. I can see she's got other posts that are, like, raving about, like, you know, meat and dairy and how, like, they're, you know, the saviors and ghee and blah, blah, blah. Like, I can just scrolling through, I can see it's all, like, it's very Pete Evans. Um, But because she's got that. It probably has no fucking dramas throwing a fucking half a kilo of fucking meat with no fiber on a barbecue and burning the fuck out of it, (laughs) eating the cancer-causing fucking charcoal on the outside (laughs) in the absence of fiber. But she's got a problem with milking your fucking own almonds. What a dipshit. Um. And the thing is too, like I I remember having a look through this and this is something else for you guys to consider even if it is a, um, you know, someone that you can say, oh, they're a naturopath, they're a nutritionist, they're a dietitian, you really need to look at like when they're putting across such a specific um, ex- sort of extreme expression of health, usually you'll find like somewhere in there their story. It'll be all about I healed myself in this way. So you know kudos to her for her health and well-being she has had her own health issues she's changed her diet manipulated along with god knows what else she's done which you know I don't I don't know a story and I'm sure she hasn't shared everything but from her food point of view she has made those changes and and it's worked for her which um, is fucking brilliant congratulations she's like this is the only way like yeah. like good old Pete Evans it's that same approach of like he didn't I'm sh- sure giving Pete Evans the <laughs> just, benefit of the doubt he's not <laughs> I'm sure he's like at his core not an evil person and like for him eating in a certain way made him feel better but it doesn't mean that that has to be applied to every single person to achieve health so the way um, I we've talked about this before the way I eat is different to Carissa the way we eat is different to our clients there should be those nuances and differences so just it's an another alarmist thing to look for if someone's like, this is how I healed myself, so therefore it is how you should heal yourself. Yeah, 100%. And, I'm, and again, I'm sure with whoever wrote this, I don't even know who it is, um, <laughs> I'm sure with whoever wrote that, like at some stage you get into what we're doing for career choices with the intent that you want to help people. And I'm sure that yeah. like, underlying all of even that post, there's an intent to help people but – as a social media influencer and a big one and especially if you have credentials behind you and you're influencing people's health you have a fucking responsibility like you just do to just stop perpetuating this craziness that is going on at the moment like it's you know it's but the the other side of it is and I know we've talked about this and we won't go down this rabbit hole too much but I saw a post from a gut health person that was doing sponsored posts on social media talking about um the microbiome and utilizing some sort of testing I can't the testing wasn't even something I'd heard of which was fucking interesting um for the gut and that food he literally said food has nothing to do with the negative impacts to your gut microbiome, stop looking at your foods and look at the microbiome. And he was trying to sell a type of testing. And I clicked into his web, his thing and he had like 500 followers and no credentials. And I'm like, why are you even doing sponsored posts, dude? But he's obviously got, you know, a, a product to sell. So, but it's just like, but this is how, you know, quickly it sucks people in. Like even I was like, what are you fucking on about? Um, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of fucks in this. <laughs> have a big language warning on this one, Jess. <laughs> oh, oh, it's yeah. So, it's, it's full I on, think, man. 
the the thing is to like Chris and I have both brought up two really good examples that are real life examples related to our clients. And that's, that's just two that we can bring up now. Like we could sit here all day talking about more right. that we see with clients and, and I, we could both jump on our Instagram right now and scroll and find more and more and more. So what we want you to take from this is hopefully like the ability to look at what you're seeing and question question it before you take it on. If something is coming at you from that um, aspect of fear, and remember we talked about that kind of like classic X equals Y, if you do this, this will happen, then I want you to be a little bit more skeptical and just think about it a little bit more. If you've got a practitioner you can reach out to or you work with someone, obviously as these clients have done, like you can ask, or um, you can reach out to us. As Carissa said, we don't pretend to know everything, but we will give you an honest, more um, nuanced response. So I I think that's probably one of the biggest things we want you to take from today's podcast, Mm -hmm. because with the healthy eating going too far aspect, like, of course, like we started with talking about the people who have that um, propensity to just naturally fall into that category. Um, and that's, that's one aspect of this, but it's, it's not, it's not just about them. It feels like as anymore as with the way social media has gone, there's like the claws can get deeper into the average population. And then they can be influenced to push their concept of healthy eating too far too and then end up in this space of like stress and like physical impact of stress or physical impact of nutrient deficiencies. So, yeah, there's obviously, again, um, a a causation that rolls on from this aspect of like healthy eating and pushing it to the extremes. Um, is there anything anything else you wanted to add? I feel like, yeah. again, we could go on and on about this for ages, um, but anything that comes yeah, to mind? I think you said it. I think that sums it up. If anything that creates fear or has an absolute language around it and you are questioning, just reach out to your health practitioner or reach out to, you know, to us or someone that, you know, will give you an honest, unbiased answer. I think if anything's pushing you to remove an entire whole food group or a, a bunch of whole foods based off, whatever the reason is again just question that even if there's not a correlation with something really detrimental but they're like don't eat this because it's bad for your health and it's it's an entire food group that you're consuming Mm. and you believe to be healthy again work out if it's right for you if you're going to remove that like I think gluten's a big one we talk about that all the time on Mm. podcasts do you need to be gluten-free like it's just again it's so individual how gluten-free what types of grains you need to consume if you if you you know it's just anything like that at the end of the day undoubtedly and under indis, undisputably indisputably the research sits at the moment in regards to the gut microbiome that diversity is key so you know you want to look at the types of fibers fruits vegetables grains legumes all of that that you know you're eating and within what you're actually capable of tolerating and digesting with your microbiome potential work within that space the research irrefutably sits there at the moment like we you know we don't even have to you know that 
argue that. Like that's where it sits. So anything that's telling you to remove whole food groups, especially in the plant-based, you know, space, I think probably needs to be questioned. Um, so just reach out to anyone. But diversity is key. Eat the fucking rainbow. Enjoy your whole foods. 80-20 rule. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> love it don't don't swear the small stuff (laughs) yeah that's it well we might we might finish up guys with giving you our recommendations um what was I going yes okay so we started off by talking about news I I kind of go dip in and out of this but I find it really helpful as part of you know what now I'm going to go and forget the name so it's as part of the Mamma Mia network Um, they have this news podcast, but what it does is it takes the main headlines and it just condenses them down into like literally a couple of minutes. And then at the, oh, there it is, the quickie. So it's called the quickie on the Mamma Mia podcast. Um, it's dropped literally every morning and then they have started doing one in the evening. So they get a morning and an evening news. So you can just listen to it for two to three minutes, get the main headlines, but then at the end of it, if you want, they'll take like a story that's trending and they'll do like an extra sort of 15-minute chat about it. Um, I I actually, through when COVID was like really full on, I listened to this all the time because it was kind of like my way of keeping in touch. Um, but, yeah, if you're someone like myself and Carissa who struggle to find the time and you don't, like I know for Damien who will like spend time just reading the news on his phone like I I don't have time for that so I um I find this way of like quickly downloading news into my brain highly effective and the cool thing about podcasts as a lot of you might be doing right now is you can do a bit of two and two and one action so I can like have a shower (laughs) and put the quickie on while I'm having a shower it's like perfect so that's my recommendation yeah happy days happy days I actually I don't listen to any of the Mamma Mia stuff um really yeah it's not my thing I yeah I know it's crazy it's just again individuality man yeah exactly Um, yeah I just I can't get into it I've tried a few times because I know how much you love it but I just it's yeah any of their podcasts I just can't I just it's not my thing um interesting I did listen to them ages ago I remember I think they were doing the sealed section or something was that them or was that someone else Mm Not, I don't know. That's not one that I remember. Maybe it wasn't called that. No. Anyway, um, but yeah, anything. Yeah, I um, yeah, I just don't know how I keep up with news. I think I'm like tra- traumatized because I just have so many. You know, I I the conspiracy theorist in me <laughs> has a lot to say about mainstream news. Um, but also I just my parents are such news watchers and they just my dad yells at the TV. Um, you know, and it's on so loud from such an early time in the morning. And so whenever I'm over visiting them and they get so worked up about it too. I'm just like So just, boomer. Don't so boomer, isn't it? Like I'm just like, just yeah. dude, don't watch it. Like if it upsets you this much, just don't watch yeah. it. <laughs> like, no, like, no, God, what's happening God. in the world? No. Yeah, oh. Oh. and he dad, you'll yell about politics. He'll be eating his breakfast, watching it, chewing through his food, like just yelling at the TV about how the world's <laughs> going, the world's fucked, and this person's fucked. <laughs> You can see where I get my rants from, though, right? I'm, Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I just rant on podcasts instead of at the TV. <laughs> um, okay, my recommendation is a TV show this time. 
Um, which I know you usually recommend. I actually told Steph about this yesterday. So I watched this this week. I've finished it. It's seven episodes. Can't wait for season two. It's on ABC iView and it is called Gold Diggers. Um, it is, have you heard of it? I've heard of it, yeah. So it is, it's almost like a, it's a comedy series. It's almost like a theatre production. Like it's a bit like exaggerated. Mm. The two um, girls in it are fucking brilliant. It is crude though and so just don't watch it if you're easily offended. <laughs> I feel sensitive. like people who listen to this podcast and like aren't <laughs> offended by you will be right. <laughs> Honestly, even Mick, when I was pissing myself laughing, even Mick was like, holy shit, are they allowed to say that? Like some of the things uh-huh. these girls say. It is honestly, I'm going to go back and watch it again because it, there's some parts that I was just like, what, that I need to go back and watch mm-hmm. it again because it's very quick as well. Like it's a quick humour, yeah. funny, crude, definitely inappropriate. But it's these two girls, um, they're sisters. It's set in 1850. It's actually filmed, um, I think it's filmed down near where you are, not far from where you are actually. Yeah. Um and they're in a gold mining town. They're, they're escaping Sydney and they're trying to find themselves rich husbands who are going to die soon so they can live it up. Um, and they just move into this mining town. So I honestly, I fucking loved it. I'm so gutted that the seven episodes are done and I'm going to go back and watch it again just because I feel like there's so many quick-witted, totally vulgar things that they've said that I need to bring into my comedy platform myself. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Is it Australian? It's, it's Australian. Australian. It yeah, is it's so Australian. fucking Australian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So Australian. Um, cool. Yeah, can highly recommend it if you just want something to just laugh and easy watching. But, yeah, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I'll definitely check that out. We're, yeah. we're um, on the need for something new. So we've been, like, currently going back and trying to find old grand designs that we haven't watched. Just Damien yeah. and I love grand designs, <laughs> but yeah, we'll get halfway like through that. one and go, I think we've seen it. You're like, damn yeah. it. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, we hope as always you've enjoyed today's episode. If you've got any questions, as always, any comments, make sure you let us know. We'd love it if you could share this. So if you're listening right now, it would be awesome if you could just give and hit share on your socials. It's how other people find the podcast as well, um, particularly if this is a topic that you think uh, is important for people in your life to hear also. Um, and we ask you pretty much every time, but we'd love it if you could just take a moment to just, again, just hit that button and go over and either subscribe to the podcast or leave us a quick review, even if you just hit the five stars, because again, it helps yep. other people find the show. Yep. Thank you. Other than that, um, we will definitely catch you next time and enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy your day, guys. Bye. Bye.